Looking to catch up on the latest Star Wars books? Featuring sound effects and music directly from the movies, Star Wars audiobooks are the definitive listening experience. Discover Thrawn's origins within the Chiss Ascendancy in the first title in an epic new Star Wars trilogy, beginning with Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy. Written by best-selling author Timothy Zahn and read by Mark Thompson, Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy is on sale now wherever audiobooks are sold. This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. Joining me today for a cup of coffee are two of my hosts from CWK Pourover, but more than that, they are our good friends, our companions, our laugh tracks through life. Let's bring in first the CWK newsman and your buddy, Tom Gross. Well, hello, everybody. Great to be here on the big show again. Uh, boy, we've got some fun stuff to talk about tonight, but boy, we've got even a bigger guest to introduce. That's right. A bigger guest to introduce indeed. Uh, four score and seven years ago, actually more like seven years and three months ago, uh, myself and a, and a young man named Corey Bartholomew Club started a podcast called Coffee with Kenobi, and he is back the co-creator and number one designer on the planet, Mr. Corey Club. <laughs> hey, thanks. That was really nice. That was a long time ago, and the galaxy far, far away. Indeed it was, sir. So, obviously, everyone knows the Mandalorian Season 2, I would call it a teaser trailer, debuted. And while we did talk about it briefly last week, myself, Holly Fry, and Amira Martin, we didn't really give it a full rundown. And honestly, it's not like there's a lot to talk about. Or is there? In classic CWK pour-over fashion, we have collected, collected, or collected as it were, a top five of our favorite moments or things that grabbed us from the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer. So, gentlemen, of course, we all know how this works. We've been doing top fives on Prover for a very long time to great acclaim. But before we sort of jump right into it, Corey, how do you like what I've done with the place? It looks nice. Thanks. You kept it good. I see that uh, you polished all the things there. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be part of the show again. It's fun to always come on and be a guest star. And of course, talking to Mandalorian, that's where it's at right there. It's true. And don't you like that most people are, are guest hosts, but Corey is a guest star. He he, <laughs> he requested special M&Ms that were all Mandalorian Scar. color, best scar. Yes. And it was, but he's worth it. He's worth it. Wow. Yes. I just knew I was worth it. <laughs> Affirmation's <laughs> a good thing. All right. Well, Corey, we're going to start with you, buddy. Um, yeah, I guess we can go sort of, do you want to do like five to one or are they all kind of the same level in your heart? Yeah, they'll be definitely interchangeable for me. Yeah. Uh, nothing that was like blowing away. Like I was like, wow, that's incredible. You know, me too. That like tops the list. There are some things for certain reasons I think I would trump other ones, but uh, certainly I would think that, you know, these could be back and forth. Yes. Well, go ahead and hit us with the first one you have on your list. Absolutely. So number five for me are the new places we see. Um, some of the things that I, I noticed that was kind of like a shipyard of sorts. Uh, they were in the snow. They were in the desert. Um, 
it's cool to see new places. I know it's, it's always unique because you always try to match up in your head. Well, that might be this place, or that might be that place, and in Star Wars lore, and and you know, we went to a lot of cool places in season one. And I think it's cool to see, you know, the callbacks. Uh, I'm excited to see the new places uh, and what that brings, what kind of a host of different aliens or characters or revisiting new places or, or, or some places, I guess, uh, is really intriguing to me. I know that the team, Dave Filoni and, and uh, John Favreau, have really got tricks up their sleeves, I think. I think they know what they're doing by now and definitely gonna give us uh, some cool places to visit. Right. And of course, there's been all kinds of conversation and uh, and curiosity about what those places might be. But we will certainly find that out. Tom, how about you, buddy? What is the first one you have on your list? And are they also interchangeable as well? Yeah, I just I just sort of wrote things down as I thought of them. I didn't really rank them necessarily uh, most interesting to least interesting. But the one thing I will say is my my number five also uh, connects with Corey's in that he was he's looking forward to the new places. Um, mine was the connection to the familiar, um, seeing Aqualish and of course the the Tuscan Raider on the Bantha. I mean, that was that was great. And you know, of course, there's you know the, the speculation of what planet is that, but I'm sure that Tuscan mm. Raiders can be just about any place. I think. Um, but I liked that. And then, of course, you always, I think when I watch this the first time, you know, anytime you see an X-Wing show up in one of these stories, it just, ooh, it gives you uh, goosebumps. And uh, just, you know, that's it's such a cool thing. So I like the connections to the things, the things that I know, maybe not necessarily from the story of the Mandalorian, but from the Star Wars universe, Um you know, some of the guys he fought, the Gamorrean guards going at it. You know, we know we know what those creatures are all about. And so it, it helped me to have that connection. Yes, I, I agree. There's there's something wonderful that this thing does where it brings in the old and the new and combines them, which leads to my first one, which is how they succinctly recapped season one without hmm. really doing much exposition at all. <laughs> You've got you got the armorer uh, speaking. It's it's the the dialogue from the end of season one, the eighth episode, that is intermixed between some new footage and some new music. That's very haunting, kind of this throaty, very tribal sound to it. But I love that there's a recap of what he's supposed to do, where he's supposed to go. He's supposed to take this child, you know, of the one horn, and he's supposed to go return it to its people. But there are these his enemy wizards known as Jedi. And I'm just saying it was a brilliant way to sort of explain where we have come and where we're going to go without really saying much of anything. I think that's really good storytelling. Yeah, I second that. Uh, I know it's interesting to see because everybody's pining for what's going to happen next. Who's what, where's what, you know, knowing from season one, uh, it was a whole new landscape, I think, for this series, and this just builds the anticipation even more. Like I said, Dan, I think it's a great way to recap the last season, but also not give us a whole lot. There, There's a lot of yes. uh, mysteries surrounding this, so very cool. I agree. In, in fact... In in language, you're right. I, I never, I didn't. That didn't really dawn on me uh, until you just said that. That that really, this trailer isn't is less a 
look to the future, like look to the season two more. It's more a review of it's like giving us a month <laughs> advance review. Hey, guys, you don't really have to watch the, the last season. You can if you want to. We'd love you to. But we've got it here for you in a minute and 30 seconds. Go. Mm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even really think of that. They just give us some eye candy teaser, but the whole audio basically is the review. Nice. And I like that. Oh, thank you. It encapsulates it really, really perfectly. So how about, how about Corey, your second one? Yeah, so for me, uh, the Gamorrean Guard, I guess I always say Gamorrean Guard just because it rolls off the tongue, but the Gamorrean uh, Warriors battling in the ring. I think it was something new. Uh, like we talked about, there's old things and new things, but that was kind of a mixture of that, you know, and it still gives us this, this underbelly feel, this kind of outer world feel off the, you know, the, the main planets uh, we've seen before. It still has this, this grungy feel to it, and here we are in the midst of this uh, almost seems like something out of Solo. I kind of felt like a Solo vibe yeah, um, a little bit from there. You know, the, the spectacle of watching two guards go at it with these axes or something and, and it's really cool to see like more of the um just different aliens and such like interacting on certain levels of like kind of you know where they kind of you know intermix and then seeing you know obviously the mandalorian into that setting so uh it's interesting to see him branch out into the world absolutely world you, the universe you, i guess <laughs> you also get to see how one of two things um regarding the gorian guards you either saw how well fed the ones mm. at jabba's palace are or how malnutritioned and potentially slave-like these are mm-hmm. because these 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 Gamor- i almost said it guards these gamorians <laughs> are they don't look necessarily healthy they look very skinny and for a, for a gamorian and and kind of gaunt uh, so it definitely gives that feel. And I, I like that, uh, idea of, you know, it's kind of a return to a world of early empire or something like in solo where a little bit more smuggler ruled. Well, we, mm. we've got precedence for this. Gracchus the hut in the star Wars comics is a, is a very fit hut. He's even muscular and even has mm. abs, which seems funny. So maybe, <laughs> These guards just maybe uh, this this guards. particular fighting, yeah, I know. Maybe this fighting, uh, it's just good for the good for the good for the body. I don't know. Very yeah. very interesting. So Tom, what's your next one? Yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, the part where um, where they I, I well how do I want to put this? So when it, it's the scene where they're on the ocean on that barge or ship of some sort with the Aqualish. And that gave me a sense of adventure. Um, Mm. Pretty classical adventure, you know, where you, you know, you, you go out into the unknown and, and you're kind of with these pirates or these strangers on some sort of a grand mission. And it takes you to these crazy uh, wild places. And that just, it really gave me a sense of what I think season two is going to look like. Um, that it's going to be high seas, high adventure um, you know, across the galaxy. And so I really appreciated those c- capturing those scenes in this trailer because it, it gave me that feeling. Um, at least it sets a tone in my eyes of what, what we're about to see. Um, you know, and I'll go back to Solo again because that's what I was going to use here is, you know, Solo gave us that that gunslinger feel, desert, facing off against one another. This scene, 
on the ocean on that barge just made me feel like this is the kind of adventure we're gonna we're gonna see. Um, so I I really like that and I like that idea with um, with this with this mission that he's been given. It opens up yet again a whole lot of different possibilities, things that we're not accustomed to, but we're very open to experiencing because of the way these stories are told. My second one isn't particularly profound or anything. It's seeing the child in snow. Hmm. I thought that was adorable. <laughs> I mean, the, the child at this point, I mean, quite honestly, could run the risk of becoming become oversaturated with it. It's, it's amazing. Sure. It's unique. It absolutely blew us away the first time we saw it because we didn't know that was going to happen or that it was even a possibility. And now the child is everywhere. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. The child's adorable. <laughs> but seeing the child like this, and I said this last week, the idea that I'm going to get to see the child's footprints in the snow uh, <laughs> and, and that wonderful, wonderful, as Holly Fry coined it, turtle maneuver. Uh, where it, when when there when there's things are about to go go down go south for the villains, uh, was just tremendous. So you know the child is going to be. I think I think more importantly than in season one, the child is going to need to be there to give us some heart and some some brevity, or mm-hmm. some levity, I should say, because I mm-hmm. think this is going to go some dark places. So we're going to need the child a lot this this season. I didn't. I didn't bring the the child is not any of my five because I knew we'd probably talk about him. So I, I left him off my list of five. So I'm going to take this opportunity to mention or her. Uh, what, or her. Yep. He refers the Mandalorian refers to the child as a he in the in the trailer. So I'm going to go with that until we know otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The quote yeah. is wherever I go, he goes. Oh, how did I miss that? I'm Mr. Pronoun. Wow. Well, yeah, no, that's that's okay. I I listen carefully for that because I, I I've been I've been doing the same thing. Is it uh, is it a he? Is it a she? Is it an it? And so he he uses that pronoun. So I'm I'm sticking with it. Wow, I can't <laughs> believe no one's dissected that already. He's he changes the diapers or something. So you know, although he is <laughs> he is fifty. So you know, the child is fifty. True. Anyway, um, what I wanted to say was how how much more developed the child seems in awareness of what's going on, but yet keeps the cuteness and the innocence uh, with him. Um, uh, what was I going to say? There was something I was going to say about that. Oh, it was, so we hear a lot more guttural utterances of the child in the scene that you said, the turtle shell one, you hear the, you know, those things. And it just totally reminds me. You can tell you what it reminds me of. And I hope it doesn't ruin the child sounds for you, but they sound like Pascal entangled. <laughs> no, that works. So, oh. so maybe there's some, but, but it worked for me entangled. I could, I could get the, the, the meaning of those through the characterization. And so, so far in this trailer, and I don't remember. I don't recall getting a lot of that in season one. It was more visual, less uh, less to hear, and so um, so I don't know. I I just thought that was an interesting uh, note that that came to mind while I was watching the trailer. I noticed it even more than ever because when we watched it before, I was listening through my headphones, and it just you know just picks up the the monorial sound of everything, and it really amplified. It. And so I noticed. The child's sound effects and and mm. noises much more than I think I ever have too. Yeah, and I'll kind of shift that into my next one was uh, wherever he wherever I go, he goes, and that was the only newest 
uh, as far as I understand, the newest uh, dialogue that we, we heard, other than the guy next to him, kind of leans over and says, I know, or something like that. You know, we're uh, counting on that. We're counting on that. Thanks. Um, but the, the pronoun of, of he goes, and I thought, oh, he, wait, he's, he's a he, right? So, or that's what he's accept, you know, I suppose, right? So it's interesting. But then again, maybe Yoda's back, or maybe the child is back. What are you going to see? I mean, I'm, or uh, we watched this when Dan, you texted me when this first came out and said, it's, it's live or, or it's available. And we threw up on the big screen TV here at home uh, with the kids. And that was the, their favorite part, was Baby Yoda. Uh, much as you like to, you know, like you said, it might be oversaturated, I think. Um, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to see him and see what yeah. you know mannerisms he has. I uh, get to know him more. And to that like sound effect, I kind of felt like a Wally film. Wally from Pixar, if you've seen yes. that movie, yes. has that you know that like uh, up and down voice. But uh, it's interesting because in such a dark world, you mentioned this too, Dan. Such a dark atmosphere, um, he does kind of shine that light. Uh, has that that childlike quality and and that almost that. You know, it, it takes the edge off the whole, you know, anticipation level of going, you know, a little laugh in the in the trailer there where he closes the clamshell. And um, obviously he, he's aware of what's going on. Yeah. So it's cool to see him back and uh, tagging along, if you will. Um, but also to that phrase where wherever I go, he goes. You also notice the the Mandalorian, what's it, the bounty hunter? The Mandalorian is very much intertwined with this child too you know we see he's very much the protector um and won't look you know he's obviously still under that that guise of i'm protecting now versus i'm hunting so kind of a shift there i think from first season one he's hunting and this is now he's protecting so um it's interesting very much so tom what is your third one so my third one is um uh, now, it's, it's, this is with the understanding and realization that a trailer is a trailer, and it's not there to tell the whole story. But my number third that came to my mind as I was watching this are the things that are not seen. Um, in particular, Moff Gideon and the Black Saber. No teaser about that storyline uh, whatsoever beyond the ex- or the uh, TIE fighters taking off and the speeders. Uh, with the stormtroopers, and then there's also a scene with stormtroopers and a uh, the siren and some sort of a corridor running. Um, but besides that, we get nothing of that storyline, which is kind of what we were left cliffhanging on at the very end. And so I thought that was uh, pretty notable to not have any image of that, um, as well as you know there were the there's the rumored and. Um, and and I may very much so rumored for a very good reason, but no other characters really hinted at um, except the disappearing character, the f- disappearing female character, but no mention of any, you know, no, nothing else out there to tease an Ahsoka appearance or any other Mandalorian special appearances uh, that, that we've seen and read about. Um, so I, th- I thought those were notable absences in this trailer yes i i hadn't really thought about that either but there is no moff getting of course it, like you had said it, it's such a small sample size well, how long is the actual one is it a minute and 29 30, seconds or something mm-hmm. something yeah. to that degree so there's just not a, there's not a lot there not a lot of time so you have to be really judicious with what you say so yeah that's good that's good i like that one too all right my third one and, and you had already alluded to this tom but 
I like that we got a nautical sequence. It was very, very mm. brief, of course, and it did remind me of Rick's in our Dungeons and Dragons campaign <laughs> and the fact that we're yes. about to do that. So, again, members of Pour Over. I swear I didn't set this up to be a Coffee with Kenobi Pour Over commercial. But, you know, it's hard not to say. <laughs> think of that one with, with our boys here. But they're, the fact that we're going to get to see some stuff on an on some sort of an ocean-type planet. I mean, maybe it's Monte Calamari. Who knows what it's going to be. But I don't ever remember seeing anything like that in a live-action Star Wars. So, once again, Star Wars gives me something live-action that I've never seen before that I didn't know I needed. But when I saw that, I was instantly captivated because this opens up a whole world of possibility and how to tell a story in the environment and how the Mandalorian be impacted by that. I mean... There's some great stuff that can happen in the unknown of the sea. So this this is going to be really really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. I, and I think I'm thinking back to yeah, just other places I've seen water. Um, episode one, obviously, them going into the underwater, sure. and then most recently in um, the Rise of Skywalker, where they take off in under the True. in the water um, in to the Death Star remains, but not actually um, floating yeah. on a boat. And just sort of traversing a boat. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is more of like like you said, an adventure, or this is more of like a, there's a setting on the boat, like interactions and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very cool. My second one, our second one, my second to last one. Um, oh, you know what? Before we get to that, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, the the three of us will share our next, our last two on our top five list. Come up with honorable mentions and see what happens. This is Coffee with Kenobi. This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Looking to catch up on the latest Star Wars books but can't find the time? Try listening to them on audio, featuring sound effects, top-notch narrators, and music directly from the movies. Star Wars audiobooks are the definitive listening experience. Discover Thrawn's origins within the Chiss Ascendancy in the first title in an epic new Star Wars trilogy, beginning with Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy. Written by best-selling author Timothy Zahn and read by Mark Thompson, Thrawn Ascendancy is on sale now. And if you're looking for a full cast audio drama, don't forget to try Dr. Aphra, read by an all-star cast, including Mark Thompson, Catherine Tabor, Jonathan Davis, and more. Dr. Aphra is on sale now. Visit penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash Star Wars to listen to clips and find your next listen or buy now wherever audiobooks are sold. MEI and Mouse Fan Travel is your one-stop shop for your vacation needs and your plans to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or the cruise lines. Travel looks much different now than it did a couple of months ago. And with the opening of Walt Disney World and soon hopefully the opening of Disneyland, you need a place to go where you can trust and they will help you figure out and navigate all the different circumstances and guidelines that Disney has put out for you. And I can say that we had our vacation modified, and as soon as dates were announced, MEI contacted me directly to help me reschedule, which is exactly what I was hoping to do. So if you are interested in rescheduling your vacation or want to try to plan a Walt Disney World Disneyland vacation or anywhere else you want to go on the planet, 
Be sure to contact MEI and Mouse Fan Travel at www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel. Their signature service and expert advice will help you maximize your vacation time and dollar, and they will help you figure out all the different changes and modifications going on at the Disney theme parks. They are amazing, and I can tell you, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, the peace of mind that Becky Menken and the crew at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel have given me is invaluable. If you're interested at all, again, go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel. We are back, and Corey, it is back to you. We've got two left for the top five things we have noticed about the Mandalorian Season 2 teaser trailer, and really, there's not really a top five so much as they happen to be five <laughs> each for each of us, but there's no necessary sequential order to it it's just a conversation and i didn't say this at the top of the show and even though the trailer's been out for a week the three of us have legitimately not talked about this before so it's a fresh a fresh uh, mm-hmm. sort of a look at things for all of us including you listening so very good Corey, go ahead with your number four yeah as we talked before the dialogue on the trailer um the armorer speaks to the jedi they're, they're sorcerers they're called jedi um, and then the Mandalorian confirms our enemies, the sorcerers. I just like, I, I kind of love that aspect. I kind of had forgotten about that uh, from season one. Like you said, like, it's a nice recap, but I love the fact that like we still are on the outer skirts. We're still far away from the goings-ons of, um, you know, political agendas. These are just, I feel like these are just um, the outskirts and, and even the lore itself is kind of like in these fables or in these handed-down tales. And I think that's just really cool. It feels like it's organic. It feels like it's just um, and almost new in a sense. You know, like we're discovering it again for the, the uh, second time. Um, but also, I do forget that there's this, this feud that we... There's a history of the Mandalorians, of... Uh, uh, Mandalore and uh, the Great War and all these things. So it's there's some history here that we kind of you know we're following this new character and, and his his journey, but also there's a lot of history coming along with all of this. Um, and like we said, not new not many new characters pop up in this trailer, but I'm excited to see what what will pop up. I, I mean I don't want to make any crazy uh, you know thought. But I mean, just that gets your mind thinking, right? Obviously, we're in Star Wars. There's going to be things that pop up and go, "Oh yeah, that's so and so," or "That's who's a what?" Uh, those are technical, technical terms, by the way. So yes, that's uh, how use your own discretion. Who's a what? What? Yeah, I like that's it. candy bar as well, or what you call it? Yeah. So yeah. I like the idea of of the history, the sorcerers, the Jedi, all that stuff. So very cool. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, when I hear sorcerers, <laughs> I'm I'm currently in the middle of the third book in the Dresden Files, and mm. there's a moment where um, Harry Dresden explains that uh, a sorcerer is like a wizard, but sorcerers are only interested in killing things. Mm. So when you said that, I thought about the notion that the Jedi have been set up as sorcerers. and How interesting. I mean, of course, it's a se- very separate mythology. I'm talking about the... Um, uh, the Dresden Files books by Jim Butcher. But, Tom, you, of course, are uh, the biggest D&D guy I know. Are sorcerers thought of as in a negative way in that mythology? Well, you know what? That's a good question. I would always send – it just my perception is that wizards 
are more dangerous than a sorcerer. A sorcerer is someone who tinkers with and plays with magic and is is known more to use magic in a destructive way, whereas a wizard uses magic in a more evil way. If there if you see that there's a difference there, it's it, it doesn't sound different, but but so yeah, I mean sorcerers are dangerous by all means, and uh, um, so yeah, that's. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. That's my number two. Uh, oh, cool. Corey, uh, <laughs> mine, mine is two. And I took, so I took the quote and, and I, you know, it seems a little silly uh, now that I'm putting this into the context that Dan, you said this is review. And I was looking at these quotes as something brand new. I mean, I knew I recognized them from season eight or uh, episode eight, <laughs> but I didn't, I haven't, I haven't put that all together yet. And so this quote really, I went back and, and rewound it, make sure I heard it right. She says, she, the armorer, says, the songs of eons past, which tells me this this goes beyond it. Like my brain it with Mandalore goes back to the, you know, to the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and to recent memory that we would know of the planet Mandalore and the Republic. But songs of eons past, which, you know, when we're talking about songs that storytell, you're talking about traditions and generations and, and eons of, of lore telling. She says, the songs of eons past tell the battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. Okay, help me out here. When I hear something that is termed Mandalore the Great, I think of an individual like Peter the Great or whatever title they gave Napoleon. Was he the Great? Um, and so I hear Mandalore the Great. I'm assuming she's talking about Mandalore the Great as the society, the Great Society. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking eons ago, are we going clear back to a formation of like songs that come from a formation or an ancient legend of Mandalore? And is this taking it back to a conflict that they, and because we know, we know from some of the literature we're reading now about post empire that emperor Palpatine was successful in changing the public perception of Jedi to being kind of bad guys. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this precedes that, that uh, propaganda. I feel like these songs of Mandalore, that the Jedi must have had a sorcerer-like evil to them at some point, or from a certain point of view. Oh. And so I can't even begin to tell you if we're about to get some some massive lore that goes back pre, you know, Phantom mm. Menace, pre-Republic. The this High is, Republic. Is, that, well, Republic. That's, that's what I'm wondering, if, if we're going to get a little toe dip i mean it's all coming out about the same time right <laughs> yes um, well yeah the other one the first yep, book's close in january yep pretty close so wow i just that that line when i went back and rewound it because because i had, i had thought when i when i watched season one that the references were to palpatine's propaganda talking about the jedis being bad in the republic but this line sends me way further back I love that, and I, I think between that and if you go back and look at the Rebels episode from Season 4 where Kanan trains Sabine how to use a Darksaber, he gives history of that blade, and yeah. it, it may uh, help kind of connect some dots for you, I think, as well. There's mm. They're really digging deep, and we know how much Dave Filoni loves Mandalore and Mandalorian culture, so when I see here Mandalore the Great, I've always liked about Mandalore that they seem to 
think of it and look at it as like one planet, one people, like one culture. So I think it is talking about the greatness of that civilization before yeah. the empire really kind of messed things up. <laughs> yeah. That's good. How about Pat, yours? Let, let's see. Let's see. We'll see what happens. My number four, and I think one of you alluded to this earlier, maybe it was you, Tom, uh, was I put X-Wing slash Nostalgia. Nostalgia is a tricky one for Star Wars because it, it can feel like pandering or recycled territory. But once again, they don't do that. In fact, when those X-Wings roar onto the screen, and they roar, they're flying with the Razor Crest. And it gives you this wonderful feeling because your worlds are colliding in this beautiful way. You see these uh, these speeder bikes doing this really, really cool move, uh, like on the jet ski. Uh, the <laughs> Stormtroopers running down that hallway where it looks like at least the camera angle makes it appear like their ship is going down. And, you know, the Bantha, the Saiyan people, like you mentioned earlier, the Tuscan. What a great thing to inject this into it. Beginning again, it takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, maybe six now. And I don't know how much time has passed between seasons one and two. Probably not very much. But it's very exciting to me that we're able to get a little bit of nostalgia to wet our whistle, but not make it all about that. So, Dan, you mentioned how much time has passed. We don't know that. Mm-mm. But just knowing for what we've seen, I did notice one thing that just came to mind you mentioned that. Um, Carl Weathers' character, um, uh, forgetting his Grief name. Grief Karga. Grief Karga. Grief Karga, thank you. He has a white beard instead of a, his natural black beard. Hmm. Uh, so some time has passed. I don't know if that scene is connected anyway from you know episode one to episode who knows when. So there could be lots of time that passed. There could be, you know, he could have just gone and just changed up his style. So um, that's interesting to think that, that there's some yeah. idea of a little bit of time uh, maybe has passed just since, mm. you know, we've seen from season one to season two. So I like that. Yeah, interesting. Didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, didn't, go back didn't and watch even cross it. My mind. Uh, apparently, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting names now. Um, the Cara Dune? Kara Dune, thank you. Uh, she also has the same outfit on, which I assume she just keeps. That's her. Well, that, her yeah, they all sort of so, have their uniforms, don't they, in Star Wars? True. Really. That's Besides, true. that's true. I mean, Leia and Leia and Padme were able to branch out, but the us fellas, we're really we're kind of sticklers, aren't we, for what we wear? <laughs> as far as not changing, not being very open to change. At least you know, I'm yeah, speaking for myself. Fits. I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> All right, Corey, what is the last one you have on your list? So the last one I've got is, I just have it down as Mysterious Woman. Uh, like we mentioned before, this is a character we see in kind of the voiceover scene. Speaking of the Jedi, and uh, she's in the crowded area as we see people cross through, and she disappears. Obviously, it's alluded to, is she a Jedi? Is she not a Jedi? I don't care at this point. Um, I'm excited to see what might come up with this character. Obviously, they center on her for some reason to get people excited. And that's what teasers do. It's called a teaser to tease you. So uh, I hate to jump to conclusions and say this is whatchamacallit or this is so-and-ho. You know, just in the fact that, like, it's easy to go there, right? It's easy to say, oh, that's probably so-and-so. Or, you know, it's Baby Yoda's mother. I don't know. But uh, it's the fact that, like, it's to, get, it's to grip you. It's right. They've got a minute and 30 seconds to grip you. And they don't want to lose you to, um, you know, something else, yeah, your next Fortnite win. So I want to make sure that, like, I'm excited to see this new character. I don't know who this is. I'm excited that they centered on someone 
brand new we ever seen before. Um, similar to what they did with the, the season one, we've had brand new characters. So uh, I'm excited to see new characters, and obviously this one looks very mysterious. Um, and that's, I guess, that's all I got to say about it. I like it, and thank you for not um, breaking our rules uh, or our, our guidelines. <laughs> I should say they're not rules of. We don't want to speculate because we want to deal with what is, and then it, to me it sort of eliminates the possibility of disappointment and just allows for it to just kind of come to us organically. Well, not that it's bad to speculate, but that's just sort of... It, it's fun to speculate, and that's what I think the Internet's known for. But here's the thing that I think people get wrong about speculation, and even in Star Wars and in Marvel movies, anything, really, is the fact that these writers and these creators have built a story and characters together, right? They've built moments, they've built scenes, they've built dialogue for, who knows, years on time, maybe. And they've got, they give it to us as a gift, as viewers. And there's a reason they pull it off in a certain way. There's a reason they made this into a TV show, visually appealing, uh, you know, things to, to um, gander over and just behold. And that's how they've built this. And I think the fact that people get wrong is they try to jump ahead in the in the book, if you will, and, and see the ending or, or see what the big surprise would be, the biggest reveal, and not and forget the fact that like there's something building up, there's momentum building here, and that's that's what you should be excited for. What the possibilities of what happens in the unknown. That's the reason they wrote it this way. They're not going to, sh- you know, if they show us everything we want to see in this trailer, we wouldn't watch this show. Um, it's the fact that. You know, we want to be surprised, and I think uh, it was kind of lost in our pop culture nowadays. In a sense of, we want to get to the end so quickly. Um, let's let's saturate on this. Let's let's enjoy it for what it is and what these creators have done, and taking the time to uh, you know entertain us with. Amen. And here, here, and and because when it is, we're all we'll be doing is pining for it to return, like we do with Rebels right. and Clone Wars. So let's just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. And they were so masterful with that in season one by the massive reveal of a of a child yep. in, in episode number one. Nobody had any inkling of that. So I just go back and I think about they they can they can completely surprise us. And so yeah, that's the fun of it. So my number one, is that where we're headed? Or my last yes, yes, my yeah, last thought yeah. that comes when I watch this is actually my very first thought when I saw this. And Dan, you were there when I first saw That's this. Right. And uh and it's that opening scene. And it's it feels like such a throwback and it's sort of a tip of the hat to the to the to the feature films. You start with the planet and you hear a ship. It's approaching from below, above, behind you, and it's the Razor Crest. And Dan, do you remember? I pumped my fist. I was like, yes. oh, there yeah. it is. And then the shock of something's not right. I, was, I, I think I said something along the lines of, whoa, that doesn't look good. As you <laughs> notice that it's a little off kilter and one of the engines is sparking. And then you see the, the, back, uh, the back part hanging open, hanging agape. And you're like, this doesn't feel good. And I sat there. So as I watched it the next time and the next time and the next time, and I saw that, I kept thinking, they do such, they being the directors of the writers of Star Wars. And I do not mean to dredge up an old conversation of ours. Let it sort of float under the radar right now. 
but they do such a masterful job of taking inanimate objects like a ship and making you fall in love with it. And when I saw the razor crest, I was like, yeah, there he is. Now, wait, he, I just used a pronoun to describe the ship. And I just thought, <laughs> I love this ship. And I was so torn to see it in such crummy condition. I mean, we've been there. The Jawas trashed the thing and he mm. rebuilt it. And we saw all that went into that. And now here it is again, floating above. And later on in the, in the trailer, we see the razor crest. And I think it's the razor crest. It's something yeah. coming out of an atmosphere on fire. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And it just, it makes me, it just kind of like the adventure on the ship with the Aqualish. I look at this razor crest and I think this is defining this like for me as a trail as a teaser this is kind of defining what i should be expecting coming forward it's going to be typical mandalorian he's not going to come in and walk away unscathed shiny armor doing this uh yeah. skywalker thing on his shoulder <laughs> he's going to get beat up he's going to get hit he's going to find himself in peril and the ship sets it all up for us I don't know. That's what I took from that opening scene. I was so happy to see it and then so shocked and almost hurt at the shape it was in. It was fun to get to experience those reactions with you because it does. It is very haunting, isn't it? Uh, oh, with it, with it open. And Mason said the same thing. Daddy, what's wrong? And, and all I could think, honestly, <laughs> the second time I watched it was, I got to finish that Lego. <laughs> Does yours look like that, kind of falling apart? Ah, it's falling getting off? better, but oh boy, did we okay. hit a snag today. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. Yes, yes. Very good. That's, that's great. My last one is the move. It's the move when, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, he goes wherever I go, and they, uh, the, the criminal or element says, yeah, we know. And then Baby Yoda does his little tuck and roll, so to speak. And then we get out the whistling birds, and boom, it goes dark. You hear these, these great action kung fu noises, and this is the way. And then I'm reminded beautifully of how much of a bad you-know-what Din Djarin uh -huh. the Mandalorian is. And to think that I'm going to get to experience in a couple of weeks seeing him fight, seeing him, as you said, now he's a protector, which means he's going to be even more dangerous to people who oppose him. And I am just thrilled to see some great, solid Star Wars action. And that just was a beautiful hint of what we're going to get to see. Awesome. I love it. I, I, As a big Mandalorian fan, this was just it's something we needed. I know sports yeah. is kind of coming back. This quarantine is kind of getting their people down. And this is what we need. We, we need some new content and out there. We missed summer movies. And I'm ready for this. I'm excited. I think honorable mention wise, I was just excited to see this with my kids. I, we watched it on the big screen, like I said, and they're pumped. That it's not just like me as a Star Wars fan getting pumped with you guys, but it's like a whole family a, a, a affair. Like in the sense of like, oh, we're gonna watch this every Friday. We're gonna you know make note to you know sit down as a family and enjoy it. My daughter got so excited. She's like, I hope there's another, another Quill character. She really like Quill from Aww. season one. And, uh, so, I mean, it's just like those little moments of they they are growing up with this too. And that's what's exciting too. They're going to know a brand new you know, part of Star Wars that we didn't grow up with as, as fans. And, and it's exciting to see them 
you know, taking this new content and get the new, you know, new characters in their own way. And uh, it's just really enjoyable. I think it's exciting to see it again. I'm excited the they're coming out episodically every Friday. It feels like you can, you can kind of, you know, get watch one and kind of think about it for the week and just kind of ruminate and like, you know, think about it and take it in. Cause like every episode always had like you leaving you hanging like, Oh, what's gonna happen next. And so it's just, I'm excited to uh, get back on the star Wars horse and ride in the sunset. Absolutely. Tom, any last minute thoughts on this? Um, yep. The thing I was going to say is uh, I am hats off to Disney and Disney plus and Lucasfilm for continuing the culture of episodic serial. I just, this is, it it does not do it justice when you release like a whole season at once and you don't have the time to properly dissect process what you just saw because the Mandalorian let's, let's, let's be honest about it. It packs a punch, no Mm. pun intended, but there's a lot that happens in every single episode. I mean, we're telling a full story in 30, 35 minute, you know, pieces and so much happens and and planet jumping and all that. So I just, I'm so thankful that they have made that decision to stick with it. They did it with season seven of clone wars. They're doing it again for the Mandalorian. So I just, as a fan, as someone who loves this story, I'm so thankful for that. And Corey, I, I just want to say, you know, I absolutely love Star Wars. Everyone knows that. And I love all these things. And and I say I love the Mandalorian. But every time I'm in the same room as you and we're talking about the Mandalorian, I cannot possibly match your level of love for a story <laughs> as this. I just I am so excited to talk about the Mandalorian with you this season uh, at some point here and there when we see each other, because you take it to a new level. This is your story, <laughs> my friend. And so I can't wait to hear how uh, your thoughts are on it. Well, hey, you are the biggest Mando fan I know for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun because um, it feels fresh to me, I guess, and it still feels fresh. And I think that's what uh, brings so much to Star Wars. Uh, I think I'm excited to, yeah. Talk more with you guys about this. Um, love to come back on and do this all again for every episode. I love it. Well, we'll, we'll certainly look at your resume, and uh, we'll, I'll have oh. someone get back with you. <laughs> oh gosh, I hope yeah. There's I got my contacts down. My references are pretty good. They're Some guy tight. named Lucas. Uh, yeah. First name George. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> I like it. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are with Dan Z, the podcast you're looking for. This is. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to have a cup of coffee with me and for helping to spread the word about our Star Wars family we've got here at Coffee with Kenobi. Be sure to tune in Monday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live at www.coffeewithkenobi.com live or www.facebook.com slash coffeewithkenobi and have a cup of coffee tea, or any beverage of your choosing with me as we continue the conversation. To join us in the CWK Cafe, which is our Facebook group, and share your Star Wars thoughts, comments, reviews, and opinions in a family-friendly, spoiler-free place that is also drama-free, go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com community and be part of the conversation 
talk about this week's show, or just talk about some Star Wars. It is a lot of fun, and you'll make some new friends as well as catch up with longtime friends along the way. I also want to thank all of the new and longtime members of the CWK Alliance and let you know how much I appreciate your help and encouragement. A big thank you to our CWK Alliance members, Mary Perdue, Terrence King, Smooth Rivera, Dan Caperso, Aaron, Jim Tallman, J.C. Poe, Ed Kimoto, Greg McLaughlin, Robert Avila, Dustin Mills, Yancey Evans, Chelsea Sansbury, Connie Shee, Tyler Pampa, Hannah, Alex Procasio, Ian Thompson, David Nicely, Simbot Detradarian, Christine Turk, Kurt McKellen, Ross Halibin, Dan Ream, Colby Mead, Alexander Moylan, Frank Mulder, Blake Weaver, Jim Capron, Chris Metz, LJ Souter, Aaron Harris, Chris Gavarka, Jeff Ellis, Daz Davies, Susan Gray, Thea Selby, Christian Dale, Brian McKinney, Jason Hall, Jared Cantor, Eric Struthers, Mark Suter, Angela Sauce, and Dennis Keithley. If you want to join the CWK Alliance, be sure to go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash Alliance and sign up today. Not only will you help out Coffee with Kenobi, but you also get access to CWK Pour the exclusive weekly podcast not heard anywhere else. It's a great way to support and help out the show, and 10% of your monthly contributions go directly to the St. Jude Children's Hospital to support the incredibly important work they are doing to help these brave children and their families. Plus, contributors at the CWK All-Star level can watch a video podcast of CWK Pour Over, hosted by me, Tom Gross, and Corey Club. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. In addition to being part of the community on Facebook, please don't forget to visit our website at www.coffeewithkenobi.com for Star Wars news, announcements, reviews, live video, and so much more. If you have a question for me or just want to share your thoughts on the air, please feel free to reach out to me at danz at coffeewithkenobi.com and I'll share them on the show. You can also connect with me on Twitter at MrZer, M-R-Z-E-H-R. There are also a lot of ways to connect with me and Coffee with Kenobi on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash coffeewithkenobi and check us out on Pinterest. You can find me twice a month on the podcast Looking at Lucasfilm, part of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network, and you can find my writing on CWK's website as well as starwars.com, where I'm an official blogger there, as well as on IGN, where I contribute articles on Star Wars as well as other popular culture topics. And if you're considering starting a podcast or a blog, let me know how I can help you get started and help you make your creative vision a reality. Be sure to check out danzymedia.com and we can get the process started. I'm also available to come to your school, conference, business, or organization to talk about how to tap into your strengths and help you bring out your very best. You can take that first step into a larger world. Thanks as always to our CWK sponsors, especially MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, our travel partner and your one-stop shop for all things Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the Disney Cruise Lines, or anywhere on the planet, please go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel to book your magical vacation and help support Coffee with Kenobi in the process. And don't forget to pre-order my brand new book that I wrote alongside Pablo Hidalgo and Cole Horton, The Star Wars Book, published by DK. Be sure to pre-order your copy of The Star Wars Book today. I can't wait to share it with each and every one of you. If you like the show, please tweet out that you're listening, share it on Facebook, or invite your friends and family to tune in and share a cup of coffee with us. And if the Force is especially with you, 
please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Every review makes a huge difference and helps to spread the word. Go to iTunes and search Coffee with Kenobi and you'll see the show there. My circle of friends has grown so much because of this podcast and each and every one of you and it means so much to me that we have such a wonderful Star Wars community. Thank you all so much for all you do. Uh, well, of course, uh, there's nothing quite like having the Dream Team back on the show, so it's great to share the mic with the two of you. And, of course, if you like what you're hearing and longtime listeners of the show, of course, know how awesome Tom and Corey are, you can certainly become a member of the CWK Alliance. And one of the perks of joining the CWK Alliance is you get weekly access to our exclusive CWK pour-over. It's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of that, we're going to go record our next one. But before we do, gentlemen... Please let everybody know where they can reach out to you. They want to ask you a question. Just say hello. Continue that conversation. Tom, we'll start with you. Absolutely. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at DraftLine, D-R-A-F-T-L-I-N-E. Or you can drop me an email. Let me know what your thoughts are about The Mandalorian Season 2. Tom G at CoffeeWithKenobi.com. And Corey, what about you? Yeah, if you are big as a Star Wars Mandalorian fan of me, hit me up on Twitter, at Corey Club. Or if you have a long, drawn-out idea that uh, you're making plans to binge-watch uh, all the all this episode or Series 1, and I want to know what your thoughts are, feel free to send me a lengthy email at coreyc at coffeewithkenobi.com. Another incredibly fun show with Tom Gross and Corey Club. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining me this week on Coffee with Kenobi looking at the Season 2 trailer of The Mandalorian. And a big thank you to everybody who supported the CWK Alliance by picking up those trucker hats. I'm sure you've noticed on social media that they have started shipping, and I can't wait to see all your pictures. If you got one of those hats, be sure to tag us on Twitter or go to the CWK Cafe, our Facebook group, and show us the hats with you wearing them. I think that's super fun. Actually, at the time of this recording, I haven't even gotten mine yet so i can't wait to do that and believe me i will do the same i hope everybody has a great week and weekend and be sure to join us this week on monday night at eight o'clock p.m central standard time for facebook live this week we will be talking about our top five favorite luke skywalker moments and there are plenty to choose from both in the films comic books novels all kinds of great stuff have a wonderful week and weekend everybody and remember this is the podcast you're looking for This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for. Looking to catch up on the latest Star Wars books? Featuring sound effects and music directly from the movies, Star Wars audiobooks are the definitive listening experience. Discover Thrawn's origins within the Chiss Ascendancy in the first title in an epic new Star Wars trilogy, beginning with Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy. Written by best-selling author Timothy Zahn and read by Mark Thompson, Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy is on sale now wherever audiobooks are sold.